0: As you're about to discover, Tech Talks has a slightly new sound and feel at the beginning and the end of our show. And that's thanks to Anderson, today's guests. They allowed us to use their app to find some music that we liked. And this is the track that we've chosen. It's Hannah Evans, Satisfaction. It's available on all your usual streaming platforms. And we'd love it if you also went and followed her on Instagram. It's Hannah Evans Music. Anyway, I hope you like the track and enjoy the show.
1: So if you are looking for an artist that sounds at least 70% like Beyonce uh, within 50 miles of your location, we deliver a bespoke list to you of artists that match or exceed that threshold.
0: Today's podcast sees us talk to Neil and Zach, the co-founders of music tech discovery app Anderson with the discovery of live music understandably more difficult at the moment we're finding out how technology can help discover new artists this is tech talks your twice weekly technology podcast with myself david savage today rejoined by jack pierce where we interview leaders from across the industry and bring you a little bit of technology news Joining me on today's show, he's on holiday, but he's dialed in, and he's dialed in because we've got a podcast all about music, and Jack loves music, hi Jack This
2: The bat signal was sent up this week, uh, I suppose it was more the treble clef signal was sent up earlier this week, and yeah, uh, I'm happy to be uh, rejoining the pod to speak about one of the most exciting music apps I've heard of, or whatever we're calling it, yeah.
0: Out of interest, before we get into it, where, where are you on holiday? Is it a steak, uh, I'm
2: no, yeah, 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 very much so. We're at Rosie's parents in uh deep dark Essex in, in Beers. Yeah, so it's a beautiful countryside and the dog keeps jumping in the pond, which is uh funny and also tragic because he stinks.
0: Yeah, do you have to bath him then?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or shower him outside. Yeah. It's uh it's a struggle, but it's, it's a fun struggle. You know, you don't mind chasing a puppy around the garden. But yeah. I mean, I could do without smelling a pond myself as well, but
0: hey-ho. Yeah, the idea of having a, a dog is really attractive. And then I see the reality of it when I meet people with dogs. And I'm like, I like my cat.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, suppose you've got a cat because you're used to the the moulting and shedding side. And but, I'm lazy. <laughs> and you're lazy. Well, no, that's not true, Dave. I don't know anyone that runs as much as you do. What you need is a Springer Spaniel to go on your runs with you probably the only dog that could keep up um
0: i do like the you, idea of having a dog to go running with
2: yeah you can do that i mean ron would be no good he's a corgi he'd make it about 100 meters and then roll over on his back and be like oh no i'm done now yeah uh, you know so there is that there are definitely dogs for it and dogs that aren't for it like you wouldn't go running with a pug either you just you know <laughs> probably no, kill my brother-in-law tiger.
0: has a pug and it just goes in circles uh <laughs> Yeah, and she only turns left as well, which I find hilarious.
2: Oh, she's um, the opposite of Zoolander, then.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> blue steel. I think she can pull off blue steel too. Um, yeah. Of course, yeah. you know what? What else I do whilst whilst I run, Jack?
2: Um, you listen to music. I Here's the segue. Music. I
0: listen to music. <laughs> uh,
2: now, uh, so there's look, actually a point there, Dave. Before we do segue into it, because I constantly have this this discussion with my friend who likes running as well. And I'm of the same ilk as you. I'll listen to music, you know, heavy metal, heavy bass, you know, something that's really getting the blood pumping. My friend listens to podcasts whilst running. And look, as much as an advocate for podcasts as we are, I just can't do that.
0: I do. Um, so I, there are certain podcasts that I listen to whilst I run. Um, right? But it's days when I'm going out for long, slow runs there you because go I, I can't i can't get my pace up without music or nothing you can't get
2: your pace up by listening to andy zoltzman or whatever his name is no right? if, I,
0: if i'm listening to a podcast about football or even running there's a podcast run by jonathan leavitt uh um called for the long run where he interviews mm-hmm. runners um I don't know. I, I can only run at a certain slower pace to a podcast, music or nothing at all. Oh. Then I can then I can run quicker. It's odd, no. very odd. Mm. But yes, I do <laughs> I do spend a lot of time whilst running discovering music uh, or listening to. Um, funnily enough, it doesn't always have to be fast music. Like I can run quite quickly. No. To, to a bit of Roxy music.
2: That's so true. I mean, especially when you're trying to set your pace and things like that. Like I've started on like Lewis Capaldi to make sure I'm going slow to begin with, you know, and then you know, all right. Then it might go into Let It Go from Frozen because that builds as a song, and then yeah, all right, I'm gonna start playing Lemmy and Motorhead after that to then keep that pace going. It's very technical the way I do it sometimes, David.
0: Oh, Wouldn't no, no I, it, I, seeing
2: my speeds, but I, I, I,
0: I run a PB to 1975. Like, there you go,
2: there you go. Oh, they're, they're from your neck of the woods as well, aren't they? What the, the North, from, they're from Manchester. Yeah, well, no, his, no, his dad is from Alvinus a pet which is like the most oh, famous yeah, yeah, Newcastle yeah. export of the 80s or whatever.
0: I was going to say, careful now, Ant and Deck might, might have some... I was going to say, playing. oh,
2: I know we need to get on, but I saw the sweetest Ant and Deck thing this morning. <laughs> They're discovering a pen, and this pen is like a Swiss Army pen. And, I mean, look, check my Twitter feed for that tweet, because I retweeted it, because Ant and Deck get an unnecessary hard time. But for anyone that grew up with SMTV Live, Biker, Grove, Donkey. CD UK, Wong, exactly right. These are a comic legends as far as I'm concerned, and I would always have an affinity for those two. So, yeah, anyway.
0: Right, let's get into the podcast.
2: <laughs> there was a segue somewhere there, right? Music,
0: music. Anderson, we'll hand over to the show. We'll be back with some commentary afterwards. So, today I am joined by Neil and Zach from Anderson. Uh, how are you both this morning? Doing well, thanks. Yeah, very good. And I make sure I get this right. You are both based, you are based at the minute in Dublin, right?
3: Yes, we are. We are. Cold, cold, blustery Dublin.
0: I think cold and blustery is the entire United Kingdom and Ireland right now, isn't it? It's it, uh, it the is. British Isles as a whole has suddenly hit <laughs> head, head on. Uh, I suppose as the weather gets colder, now is an opportunity for people to stay indoors and, and explore new music, which
3: is kind of where maybe Anderson comes in to a degree, right? 100%. I think it's been uh, one of the focal points of uh, the whole coronavirus pandemic. Has been music discovery has has all focused on digital discovery because, unfortunately, live music discovery is completely decimated. Um, hmm. But yeah. Well,
0: look before we, before we get any further, let's let's just talk about what Anderson what Anderson are what your what your company does.
1: Of course, sure. So um, basically, we are. A sound driven search tool that connects unsigned artists with industry executives. So, anybody from a small uh, bar who's looking for an act on a Friday night, all the way up to the head of an AR uh, division at a major label. Um, and we represent, uh, or sorry, we present artists based on a percent based likeness. So, if you are looking for an artist that sounds at least 70% like Beyonce, uh, within 50 miles of your location, we deliver a bespoke list to you of artists that match
3: or exceed that threshold. How do you measure if someone is 70% Beyonce? Oh, I can't give you away our secret sauce. (laughs) We can't give any of your listeners our secret sauce either. Um, We have developed a very, uh, very bespoke audio analysis engine. Um, so we break songs down into about 660 data points, um, and cross-reference new music with existing existing hits, um, and that obviously we have uh, many brains inside our organization who, who look after the complicated stuff. But that's that's how we do it on a high level.
0: You see, I find this fascinating because I'll be totally straightforward with you guys. I I love music. I always have. Um, Reasonably musical, come from a musical family. Um, But the way that I discover music is basically at the minute by going to The Guardian and going to the culture Mm -hmm. section and going to like this week's new tracks and any reviews. And I'll give you an example. Um, Last week I was reading a review of Declan McKenna's new album. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they were talking about how it was kind of, it kind of evoked Bowie. And I listened to it and thought there's elements of kind of Beatles and stuff in there as well. And it's all very based on your experience and based on what you've heard previously, rather than anything technical.
3: Right. So when you look at songs, there, there's an element of, there's always been an element of um, architecture to music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's interesting is when you look at an artist like Bowie, there's, there's Starman and then there's Lazarus and yep. they're, miles apart um, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges we've faced which is why we do song by song analysis and um, especially when artists people are looking for an artist who sounds similar to uh, Stardust or, or Ziggy Stardust and someone else is looking for uh, a new Lazarus we can provide that but you're right everyone I think when you get back to the emotional connection with music there's always that willingness to create a connection and with music, it's it's usually with something that that resonates with
0: you. What I find quite interesting, though, is before we hit record, you described yourselves as as having a music first approach rather than a tech first approach. Now, I suppose the point of my question, uh, in a kind of roundabout way, is that what you describe sounds very tech first. So, I just I'd be really interested to know what you mean by music first versus tech first, and what that actually means in terms of your lexicon, I suppose. Sure. So I, I think um,
1: in order to understand the thesis, it's important to know uh, that Neil and I come from a management background. Um, we are band managers first and foremost, and that's ultimately how we arrived at Anderson. Um, so when I moved over to Dublin from New York to expand my management company, we were having incredible difficulty um Finding artists. This was four years ago. So the hosier wave was still in effect and uh, We would find either static databases or we would waste loads of time going from socials to streaming to You know what any sort of platform and what we would find was that the metrics that they presented didn't necessarily represent the via commercial viability of the artist nor did they provide accurate analysis of what they sound like, so artists that were you know four-piece girl pop groups were, were saying they sounded like hosier because they would get discovered by a tag. So you'd click, yeah. "I want to find artists that sounds like Hosier,"
3: and something that was completely different came up. Um, yeah, and I think when, when you when you ask that sort of music first approach. Um, and how we're a music-driven company rather than a tech-driven. Obviously, we are analyzing audio, um, and that is our core. But to the extent that when we're presenting, the music industry has a big issue with tech companies trying to create solutions for it. Um, and because myself and Zach, it came from within the industry and that sort of by industry, for industry standpoint, where we trial this product with a and in london in new york and ireland and built it from that feedback point we really believe that we're building from that music first perspective um and obviously in terms of discoverability artists are all being discovered by their sound and um, we've always believed that that was a much more meaningful way rather than based off your social stats or based off trends or based off a blog post um and And yeah, we always believed that that was the case, but until we've now started sitting down and chatting to artists on the platform or through indirect marketing, hearing artists saying that it's second to none to be discovered by what they've created rather than something potentially a lot more passive or um, less representative of them. Um, So that's why we're music first. Um,
0: This might be a monumentally stupid question, so apologies, but... How do you make sure that your system doesn't create extra bias and narrows the pool of music available? Because I would imagine, as people who love music yourselves, it's exciting to find something new and different, not something that's 70% Beyonce, maybe something that's 5% Beyonce, 95%, we're not entirely sure what. I does it, the system allow for that? It does, yeah. It does,
1: yeah. So uh, we've got on, on the um, platforms, we've got a discover section. And that is either a random or a curated um, selection of artists. So uh, not based necessarily on your sound preferences, Um, but also we're working on developing something similar to the Google I'm feeling lucky button, whereby you can press something that says, you know, play me something I've never heard before, or have you heard this? And Mm. something real weird might pop up.
3: Yeah. And I think, I think, but Grilling down into the specifics of what you're asking there, we don't just represent one sound match. So we're aware that one artist does not just represent themselves based off one influence. And I think that's really really interesting because when you have, when you facilitate artists to list their influences and tag themselves based on artists, they list all their influences. That doesn't mean they sound like them. But when you do audio analysis and you break down songs, you could have an artist who sounds 70% similar to Beyonce, 83% similar to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, 22% similar to Ariana Grande, and 56% similar to the Rolling Stones. I don't know what you're gonna get there, but again, that, when we're breaking, we're now standing behind our analysis engine, knowing that we are state of the art and that our yeah. analysis is cutting edge in that accuracy. Um so it does still facilitate for an artist to have more, as many influences as they want, because it's their music, it's their art. All we're doing is the analysis behind it.
0: I really hope they're not 83% Chili Peppers. Every <laughs> single Chili Peppers song sounds the same to me. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: after about 1997,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, look, uh, from a business point of view, how has the pandemic been? Because on the one front, yes, music discovery is harder now. So I, I can see that you're in a great spot in that regard. But mm-hmm. at the same time, there's less opportunity for live music. So, you know, people, people, that that, that scenario that you painted of, of someone who owns a, a local bar and is looking for something fresh. Unfortunately, the, the, those opportunities are fairly limited at the minute. So how how has what's going on affected your business?
1: So, um you know, as Neil said, and as, as you just mentioned there, live discovery is down almost entirely. Um, so from an engagement perspective on the artist side, um, I think we've provided a really reasonable, uh, or sorry, a, a very um, attractive outlet because it is entirely sound-based. So an a representative isn't going to uh, your concert to, to see your social stats, they're going to hear your sound we're also encouraging people to upload uh, live audio on the in live content. Exactly. So on the industry side, we know that, um, a lot, a lot of the contracts or scouting has been paused and there's a lot of just list making going on. Um, but you know, not to make a a good thing out of a a, a monumental situation, but we do have this sort of captive audience on both sides and that's been Mm
3: -hmm. Great for uptake. Yeah, I think I think uh, on a high level, we're just focusing on making as many positives out of a bad situation. So we have mm. we have the attention because we're new and what we're doing is is interesting and and useful to both artists and industry. But yeah, Zach's right. It's it's a global pandemic is always going to slow business down, and um, we're just hoping to facilitate as much growth for both industry and artists as possible.
0: And from a funding point of view, look, it's it's well documented that there's possibly less money to go around at the minute or maybe there's not less money from the VC community, but obviously they're a little bit more cagey right now. Um, How has that affected you? Have have you found funding harder to come by or because you're providing something a little bit different, has there actually been more interest?
3: Not really. Like, again, a lot of VCs already have their funds committed and they know that they need to spend. And when they're looking at opportunities, especially timely ones around a global pandemic, we are one of them. I think what's interesting around music tech is when we first started out, it was a bit of a, not say t- t- taboo, but we were certainly in the Irish community uh, when we were initially looking for funds. There was sort of a, we, there was obviously um, a few before us, but it was still quite a new opportunity. Whereas now, music tech has really exploded. All the labels are beginning to invest. Uh, all the streaming uh, services are also looking to invest and acquire quite quickly. So the music tech appetite is, is much larger now. Um, and given the fact that all the focus is on digital, new digital uh, music products are, we believe, anyway, and certainly what we're hearing is... Um, They're still very attractive.
0: Just just on a a point there, sorry. Do you do you view yourself as being in the Irish community? Because music music is so, you know, international. Mm. Um, Does that therefore mean that you operate in a slightly different pool when it comes to you know what does it matter if the VCs in L.A. or London or the Far East potentially?
1: Absolutely. So we've got you know just just about seven thousand artists now in over 20 countries. The only uh, place we haven't touched yet is Antarctica. And that's because we don't know what penguins really sound like, but um, you know, from a, from a funding perspective, we do know that um, different regions are hedging their bets very differently. And, and each firm has their own sort of risk profile, right? So where a VC in Ireland might not be so keen to hop on um, a what they would view as a a fairly big risk opportunity. Someone in San Francisco who's had experience with it, uh, maybe. And I think in terms of an Irish perspective, we're actually quite proud to be uh, based in Ireland. Certainly I am. Um, The the startup community here is incredibly robust and close-knit and the opportunities, especially that the Irish government create for startups and for entrepreneurs is unmatched. I mean, certainly we don't have things like this in America. We don't have the structures and supports available. Um, so it's been an incredibly fulfilling and, and you know, to be sappy for a minute, heartwarming experience for me because you see the, the investment that the Irish community takes in the company.
3: Absolutely. And I think, look, again, as Zach touched on really well there, we're a company based in Ireland. We don't, make Ireland our focus because we know what we have can serve the international community at large. Um, so we're aggressive in our marketing and outreach strategy, but to the extent that we were based in Ireland and we love being part of the community here, it's it's second to none.
0: So look, look, looking forward, um, obviously the music industry is going to have to change at the minute. Live performances are down. Um, I suppose artists, you know, whilst we had, uh, what was it? The, the world world's, world one together i can't remember what it was exactly called now but lady gaga and everyone coming together and and kind of doing concerts in their kitchens there's an element of all right this is great but we do need to get paid and especially uh if you're not already a, a a huge name that that's going to become tricky how is the industry going to survive how is the industry going to make sure that there is new blood and that it stays diverse and interesting
3: yeah i think i think one of the interesting things is looking at how they adapt in the live sector um because for young artists, that's usually the first and most important step, getting your first few shows out there. And it's becoming increasingly difficult. I think when you look at what Amazon Music has done, um, uh, partnering with Twitch um, and opening up opportunities in live streaming, it's funny to see Instagram Live and YouTube Live became the concert providers. And they're not concert providers, they're social media tools. So I think it's on the music tech industry to, it's on their shoulders as well as the music industry to facilitate more live streaming and meaningful live streaming experiences to try and better facilitate young, up-and-coming, but also successful artists to tour digitally. And I don't think the infrastructure is there properly to facilitate that because the engagement isn't there. Um, and then beyond that, I think it's it's some of it unfortunately is an unknown as we yeah. all wake up every single day. And it's, we all say this on every single zoom call. It's like, Oh, we don't know what's going on. And it's largely the same. Um Because we have to wait to see how this all develops. Ultimately Zach always makes the point of the human ear being the most powerful tool in the music industry. Um, and I think ultimately the focus has to be on creating live experiences within the next six to 12 months, because as fans, and I am one of the largest music fans out there, I I desperately miss uh, going to live gigs. Um, and I think that has to become a focus from government level as well. And um, because the whole live music industry is also uh, suffering there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's encouraging to sort of see the um, nice but sort of funny uh, ways that certainly Ireland and, and the UK have tried to facil- facilitate those live gigs. We have sort of the nostalgic uh, drive-in experience, which I think is brilliant. Hmm. Um, there was that concert in um, uh, some park in London, I forget, and they had little boxes set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was... That was funny enough. Um, And there are smaller bars outside of Dublin uh, that are that are doing a very good job of uh, socially distant concerts where you might have 50 people in a room. Um, And it creates a completely different experience. In a way, it's nice because it turns something that is uh, that might be otherwise sort of frenetic into a really intimate experience. So the communal and intellectual and emotional connections that you experience in live music inherently are either felt in a more uh, acute or different way, which is quite nice.
3: And then I think finally, not to just bring it back to us, but in in, in the digital space, I think it is on the music industry to start looking at more sustainable models um, of discovery. I think the idea around new music discovery has, has always been a tough one for up and coming artists like, Gone are the days where you can send in your cassette to a label um, and more meaningfully, hopefully gone are the days that you have to go viral on TikTok for a major label to pay attention to you. And I think it's on the industry now to begin looking at new opportunities and generating those opportunities for new artists, Um, but also where, where useful looking at new technologies to better equip themselves and better equip artists.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's interesting. We were at Dublin Tech Summit and uh, there's an incredible um, AR, VR company here whose name is escaping me, but they teamed up with Bjork uh, to create an immersive experience whereby you put on your headset, you entered a cube and Bjork uh, turned into a dragon as only Bjork can. Uh, of course. Exactly. and. That is an incredibly cool experience. So as these sort of ancillary technologies come up, you know, I, I don't think we want the live music uh, industry to turn into sort of a, a ready player one experience where you turn it and you become this avatar in, a, in an augmented space. Um, but there is the opportunity there to do something like that. We see it sort of with um, Fortnite and their virtual concerts. But also, in the absence of anything else, you can adjust uh, what would otherwise be a static virtual concert into, again, that sort of intimate experience, because you don't have the translation of that uh, emotional connectivity over, over a computer screen. But if Ed Sheeran did a, did a concert and then a half an hour AMA yeah, and exactly. took questions from fans and said their names out loud and said, you know... David in London wants to know uh, how often do Quite
3: I. Unlikely.
0: <laughs> Could have picked a better example than Ed.
3: <laughs> it's sort of nice, honestly. For us, it's facilitated a refresh button. Upcoming artists are unfortunately increasingly feeling like they're on this treadmill where it's record, release, tour, record, release, tour. And this has facilitated them to take a deep breath. Um, hopefully account on all the wins they've encountered over the last while, take stock, plan, and and sort of focus back in on the art. Um, yeah. But hopefully on the industry side as well, it's allowed them to say, right, it's not just always going to be about selling CDs, selling vinyl streams and gigs. There are other opportunities here. Um, and to think that someone like Spotify honestly has taken this long to partner with the largest gaming event in the world shocks me and um, so it's good to finally see it the tech community becoming more collaborative and and the music industry realizing that they can be a part of that too yeah Hopefully.
0: absolutely Look, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you guys um on, on the front of, of 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 an artist and A, and a Q&A session let's go for sam fender rather than than ed sheeran that'd be fair I think enough that'd be better yeah uh <laughs> but I, I think it's fascinating what you're doing um and fingers crossed it goes well because you know for everyone who loves music out there it's 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 vital that that people get to hear new artists
1: cheers david thanks a million it's been an absolute pleasure uh to be on
0: right jack um I don't know where where exactly we should start. I know know that you've probably got um, some good points, but if I I pull up this to begin with, um, I love the fact that they talk about live, well, I don't like the fact that obviously live discovery is down, but Mm -hmm. the fact that they talk about that this is sound-based discovery and it's not based on a music exec going along to an event and looking at social stats. And there's something about that, that the pandemic is awful, but at the same time is stripping back some of the, the bullshit rubbish that comes with music these days. And it is much more what, what people just want to listen to rather than anything else
2: that reminds I just started watching The Boys on Amazon and that reminds me of the superhero points that they get on there. You know, it's not the right reason to score things or judge things or grade things. And it's not necessarily a barometer for success either, you know. Um, just because a band does well on social media does not mean that, that their album's going to be any good. I mean, by jove, you could obviously make the argument for the entire opposite. Um, I'll be honest with you, I never saw live music as a chance to discover new music. Uh, i'd be at the bar when the support bands were playing and then you know making my way to the to to the stage when you know the band i wanted to see on it was festivals for me that you know you'd be out there all day you'd plonk yourself down at the stage and then you'd, you'd discover new stuff but to your point you know digitally that's becoming a lot harder yes we all walk around with shazam playing on our phones when we find something we like the sound of and but it's i mean for, for new artists, it must be an incredibly tricky time to get in front of anyone because everyone wants you to subscribe to their YouTube channel. Everyone wants you to follow them on Twitter, and it's a it's an absolute minefield. It really is. The algorithm of Instagram changes weekly. It seems. I know this because of the dogs account that we have. And so yeah, I mean, <laughs> there there has to be there has to be an avenue for new artists to go down that isn't just you know deep dark rabbit holes into the spotify algorithm and things like that because that's what i do david and this is what we spoke about just before we came on and you know i mocked you for going to the guardian page to to get your music spoon fed for you but it's no different to me than clicking on i don't know the example i'll give you is clicking on say bruce springsteen then you drop down from bruce springsteen to you might like the gaslight anthem and then you drop down from there and then you can get really left field. And yeah, that's a great way of doing it. But you're telling me and uh, Neil and Zach were telling us that I can go, I want something that sounds a little bit like Bruce Springsteen. And here you go. Here's an 80% match of someone that's going to be sounding just like our, our favorite boss.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's really interesting because I, I listened to the five songs of the week on the guardian because I want to get served up something that I would never click on like I use you, you Spotify I also have Spotify but I predominantly use Deezer and Deezer has this thing called flow where it looks at what you've already liked and then mm-hmm. obviously serves you up stuff that they think mm-hmm. you might like sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want stuff that an algorithm thinks I might like because I, I worry mm-hmm. that that's quite a narrow focus mm-hmm. I want something that I would never normally click on mm-hmm. um and I quite like the idea that through anderson you can just click a whole load of different topics and you can go right i want, I want you to sound a bit like i'll sound like 30 percent sam fender but actually i'm quite happy for 70 percent to be something else and maybe i'll throw 20 percent of this or 50 percent of that in but i want i want something different you know you'll
2: get the killers off of sam fender won't you and then that'll lead you back to bruce springsteen all roads <laughs> of good music lead back to bruce springsteen but no i mean yeah they're this is, it's funny, because if you'd have asked me yesterday, does the music tech industry need disrupting? Does it need a new player? Does it need something else? I'd probably said no. In all honesty, I said that I'm quite happy. There's, you know, my dad said this to me when I was young, and I still believe in it day, every day, you know, all year round. There's no such thing as new music, just music you haven't heard yet. So there is an infinite library out there of music you can discover. However, we don't necessarily have the best tools to do that. Now, I think that Anderson is gonna be that, that tool, that sort of happy medium between Shazam, the algorithms, and um, you know, going to the, the Guardian's top five played songs of the week or whatever. However, you discover new music, Anderson seems to be the, the best way and the the way that makes most sense. And you know, I look down at my calendar and think, 2020, how's it taken this long? Mm.
0: Yeah, I I love the fact, by the way, that they talk about the fact that they are, they are music people.
2: Yes, and music they are first. not.
0: Yes, they are not tech led in that regard. They use tech um, to facilitate a love of music because music is quite. It's it's not exactly like you can necessarily categorise how you feel about music um
2: well Rishi Sunak has he said that if you're a musician that's struggling go retrain and get another
0: job one of the most moronic moronic comments you're likely to hear this year in in a in a whole field full (laughs) of really good contenders um yeah uh but the 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 Guardian again just to hop back to it they 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 did a really funny uh list of reviews recently and they were reviews that had aged badly (laughs) go on yeah and it was like films books tv um you know, and basically stuff that people had written and gone, yes, that hasn't aged well, where it was like, yeah, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. And actually they kind of go back and go, yeah, that was that was a bit stupid. Actually, that's brilliant. And I, I don't know why the hell I wrote that. And one of them was um, someone had reviewed Daft Punk's um, Aerodynamic, which is their second album, right? Yeah. Um, and it was like, what the hell is this? Why is there a whole <laughs> lot of rap 80s references? Like, what have they done? They've destroyed their first, all the goodwill from the first album. And it's like, oops, 20 years on, it's like one of the most influential things. And it still sounds really contemporary. What the hell was I thinking? Like, um, was, there,
2: was there these articles from the other view? Like, I don't know. Like, someone was going, oh, I tell you what, this album from Chumbawamba, they're going to be the <laughs> next big thing.
0: <laughs> but if my point being that if it was totally tech driven and algorithm driven you you humans do have a way of listening to something like albums grow on you music grows on you you oh
2: 100
0: if if you don't have that natural let's be led by the music and and listen to stuff like there's plenty of songs that i'll listen to once or twice and i'm like yeah okay but then three or four times in i'm like yeah i i really want to find out more or keep listening and I, i don't know i i kind of feel like it's an area where you've always got to to got to accept that, that that tech might facilitate and enable, but it's certainly never gonna, never gonna uh, replace that very human and emotional reaction that we have to music.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, it's. It's funny because music is very much like a relationship. You know, you can even fall in love at the first note you hear or it can be a bit harder, a bit trickier. And then only when you realise what the, you know, more about the song, more about the album, that you can appreciate it. And then you're like, oh, actually, this fucking bangs. And it's weird. I I feel like I'm very, um, what's the word? Heart on my sleeve with my music. Like I either like something or I don't. Uh, But then at the same time, I'm kind of, I don't believe in guilty pleasures either Dave you know you either like a song or you don't there's no such thing as that and I think there's a lot of pompousness around music there's a lot of like uh, tribalness as well mm. Um and I think something like Anderson could help not break down barriers because you know I'm not saying that it's like a cordoned off industry because it's not at all but you know like it took me until I was 21, you know, to admit that I kind of still like Backstreet Boys. And, and you know, you can always love these songs you grew up with. And I think, what I think Anderson is going to do is going to open people's minds and eyes and ears to stuff that obviously they wouldn't listen to, but stuff they might have been afraid or embarrassed or scared to listen to. Because, like I said, you can't help what music you like. You can't help who no. you fall in love with either. So,
0: Mate, I stuck out a tweet the other week about how much I love Kylie's new song. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't care. I mean, I don't care. Yeah.
2: I mean, I can't mock you now, having said what I just said.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> safe, safe territory to say that.
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. I gave you the platform to, to admit that. But no, and, and look, I'm, I'm no different. Dave, it's six years old and I'm still listening to Ella Henderson ghost an awful lot, you know? Like, you can't help what songs you love. You just can't.
0: Now, look, Anderson have very kindly given us access to the app because... Um, the, 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 the sounds of Tech Talks have been free Muzak from things like Facebook Sounds. Um, mm. And what we'd love to do is find an artist on Anderson who are unsigned and mm. uh, to have them as our, as our music, as our jingle music, as our intro, as our outro music, and, and, and we will have a link to them in the show notes going forward. Um, so I think this is quite exciting, and we get to play around with the app. Jack, uh, give me some recommendations. You know, 60%, 70 80% Who?
2: jeez um i mean it depends what way we want to go dave when i think of you me tech talks and music i only ever think of one song and that is uh new world order or whatever it was right that we did that we that we rapped I mean, and sang sorry, with Jones. Yeah, we should
0: do a bit of, of new order that that was uh, go off the back of that
2: let's start with that let's start with world emotion or something like that and yeah You don't want it to be. It doesn't need to be cool. It just needs to be memorable, right? Yeah, but
0: are we are we going to go for like hacienda style vibe nineties Manchester? Is that what you're saying? I was I was more
2: thinking of a John Barnes esque rapper, but
0: oh right, I see. Okay, dodgy rap. Okay,
2: but no, I mean, look, if you're going to ask me where where is a good jumping off point for intro music, it doesn't really go further than Black Sabbath. Mean, but then i'm a bit heavier than than, than perhaps most so you see, I, in- see
0: my, my kind of music tastes uh, my mate was just like uh, he, he always laughs that basically if it's french and synth i'll probably quite like it there you and, go and it's true like Christine and the queens yeah she's really, great really, really love Christine and the queens um i love daft punk
2: <laughs> yeah daft french punk. and synth how northern did you sound daft punk <laughs> yeah go yes. on t- type in Christine in the Queens then that's a good place to start
0: mm, okay
2: yeah that might not be a bad idea
0: right no news today no news today Jack because you're on holiday and I don't want to keep you longer than I have plus it was a slightly longer interview but I'm, I'm excited to see what we find on Anderson uh, I hope Ron enjoys the pond and we'll yes. be back on Tuesday next week